Hiya, pals, and welcome to the show. I am, of course, the Wolf of Main Street. Yes, that's correct. We've made some changes on the show, and I am uh, excited about them. Also, maybe even a little disappointed, but um, we're making some changes that, that definitely needed to happen, and we're excited to sort of, I don't know, maybe kick it back to our roots a little bit. And uh, today's episode is going to be about my most recent trip. I am going to be talking about how we got around a little bit. We're going to be talking about some of the people that we were able to meet while we were down there. And uh, I'm going to talk about five things within the park that, in my opinion, desperately, desperately need some help. So welcome to Main Street, everybody. I am the Wolf, and I am excited uh, to, to bring you on this journey. So the first thing that I'll talk about is um, we, we, we left on uh, Thursday morning early, 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 early. Uh, we had a uh, airport car come and pick us up at around 3 a.m. And what that, that, that normally means is we're up very early to you know shower and change and make sure we have everything packed. And before we knew it, we were on our way. We simply were going to um, rent the vehicle when we got down to Orlando, which which all worked out really well. Uh, we arrived right around 9.30 uh, Eastern time, so uh, that's Walt Disney World time. And we, we rent from Alamo. And I, I got to be honest, I'm always unsure of what the best rental car company to work with is, especially when I'm booking. But what I've done recently is I've signed up to be a part of the Alamo Insider uh, aspect of things. And what I can tell you, one of the best features that, that this uh, particular company has is I have the ability to do everything basically online or on my phone. So what that allows me to do is I can check in on online. They have all of my information already. And simply all that I have to do at that point is go outside of the International Airport of Orlando. And you always get hit by that wave of humidity the moment that you uh, step out the door. But you're able to walk right across the street to the rental car um, company that you're doing business with, which in this case is Alamo. And basically tell them, here you go, here's my, my reservation, here's all my information. They basically look at it, they say, okay, right this way. And then they point you to the direction in which your car is going to be in. So what I really love about Alamo is they give you a whole lineup of, let's just say, full-size model sedans. And just say, all right, you can pick any one from this particular uh, lineup here and, and go about your day. The key's in it. They're going to ask for your paperwork or your confirmation when you get up to, uh, you know, to drive away. And they'll ask for a copy just to look at your driver's license to confirm all the information is correct. And I got to say, Alamo lately has probably been one of the easiest to use. And what I will also attest to is that it's a little bit more expensive than, you know, say a budget or an easy or, or something along those lines, but it's well worth it because I'm not waiting in a half hour, 45 minute line to get my car and I'm moving right along. And, and for Jennifer and I, we do such quick trips that any moment that we're spending, whether it's waiting for the bag or waiting for uh, our rental car, it, it's just time that's taking us away from our vacation. And, and like I said, we do quick trips. We we left on Thursday and we came back on Sunday. So for us to, 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 to genuinely enjoy as much of it as possible, we have to, we have to use every minute wisely. And, um, you know, Alamo has made that process just a little bit easier. Now, uh, the, the car that we got wasn't exactly the, the greatest. Uh, there was a little bit of an issue with it that I could hear, but unfortunately it's just one of those things that once you get it, it's sort of tough to sort of bring up those issues and not have the 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 company I, I would think the company would think that that you did something with it or something along those lines because unfortunately you don't really recognize that until you've driven it for a little while or you know you're getting right onto the highway when you leave the airport so it's not necessarily uh easy to, to discover if something at low speeds is is causing an issue or if there's some type of noise or anything of that nature so definitely be vig vigilant and, and a little bit more vigilant than i was when when picking out a car especially if it's one of those places that allows you to pick and also you know be weary i can recall we we were using a different company uh, a few trips ago and 
there was a check engine light on, there were a couple other things that were just sort of alarming. And the company tried to fight me a little bit and say, oh no, this car's fine. You just need to take it. This is the car that, that you've been given. And I just continued to say, no, like I'm not taking this vehicle and I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable putting you know my wife into this type of vehicle. So if, if this is the only vehicle that you have for me, then I'll go, I'll go to someone else and pay a little bit more. And shortly after that, they, they sort of realized what they were doing and, and gave me another car. And one thing I can sort of say about myself is I'm not a, I'm not a complainer. I'm not someone who, you know, looks for things to complain about, but when it is something that is going to genuinely put me or, or my, especially my wife in danger, I'm going to take those extra precautions and those extra steps to ensure the safety of the people that I'm with. So um, just a couple like little wolf tips about renting a car, some of the things to look for um, and things of that nature. What's what's also really nice about getting in the rental car is as soon as you sit down, as soon as you're driving away, uh, Jen was able to, to check in online to the resort that we were staying at. So we were staying at the Wilderness Lodge, which uh, I got to say, this was the first time that we stayed there. And it was beautiful. Like it really was a miraculous spectacle. The The view that we had was beautiful overlooking the, the Seven Seas Lagoon and the boats and the, the electrical parade came by. Um, but one thing that I will say, and, and, you know, you can say whatever you want about this, but the, the element of having DVC is beautiful. Like we really enjoy it, but in these quick trips that we do, we don't necessarily have the best opportunity to really enjoy the resorts. And that sometimes is really disappointing to me because I would have loved, because the weather was so beautiful, I would have loved to have gotten into the pool. You know, we had a pool just right outside of our window and it just looks so refreshing and so cool and comforting. And unfortunately, because we're, we're running around so much that it, we just didn't necessarily have the opportunity to sort of enjoy some of the amenities that the resort offered. But what I can say is that it was very hospitable. They had great accommodations. It was really nice to be a stone's throw away from the Magic Kingdom and have the ability to take the boat. What I would also say is that right now, the, the Wilderness Lodge really wasn't that crowded. Uh, when we went to the Magic Kingdom for the first time, we got onto a bus that didn't have anyone else even waiting for it. So that aspect of it was really nice as well. So like I said, we did stay at the Boulder, the Boulder Ridge portion of the Wilderness Lodge. This was our first time there. And we sort of got a little Disney magic, which was really cool. Uh, when, we, when we got to our room... You know, we, we sort of had, we always put in the, the request to be close to laundry. And when we opened the door, we found that we were actually put into a two bedroom suite. So that gave us the opportunity to, to do our laundry every day after, after a, a day of running around in the parks, which was really nice. I think the thing that I love most about that is when you come home, the only thing that's really dirty is whatever you slept in the night before. And uh, that, that to me is really cool. So really, you know, just a little bit of Disney magic. We weren't expecting that at all. And it sort of gave us the opportunity to extend an evening over to our friends, John and Kathy from Started With A Mouse podcast. So they were able to come out, spend the night in the other room with us. And that was just really cool as well. Um, but for, for our first day, once we checked in, uh, Jennifer and I, I don't know what it was, but we just sort of you know, we're, we just started running around. We went, we went over to Epcot. That was where our initial, you know, reservation for the day was. And we, we simply tried to get as much done as possible. Uh, I think the last trip we didn't get to go on Soren, and I was so disappointed by that, that we rode Soren a couple times while we were there, uh, during this, this first day. And, and, and mind you, we had still, we had woken up at 2 AM. <laughs> we, we, we were, we were already pretty tired, but we were, we were determined to, uh, to get as much done on that first day as possible, we wanted to uh, just simply enjoy a few things together because we knew um, that we were going to have some some company along the way. So it definitely meant a lot to me to be able to spend some time with Jen and, and just sort of take in the place that we love. And and I, I talk about that a lot, but it's it's so nice to get away with, with Jen and just enjoy a place in which we have so many fond memories and we ha and we've created so many memories and that's the i think the thing that continues to drive us back is we have those moments and those conversations that just simply go 
hey, do you remember when we did blank or when this happened or when, you know, that that crying kid couldn't figure out how to put on his seat buckle or whatever it may be, you know, there's all, we always have that moment where we sort of look at each other and just kind of giggle. And um, that to me is what, what going on these type of, this, this type of quick trip is really all about. And it really was a, a lot of fun. And so we got through Epcot and then we went over to Animal Kingdom. They had annual pass magnets that we, we wanted to get our, our hands on. So we were able to go over and do that. We also got a couple things done while we were there too. We got over to Everest and um, the only thing that we didn't do at Ever um, Animal Kingdom that I was maybe a little bit disappointed and I do really enjoy is getting onto the Kilimanjaro Safari. That That to me is probably one of those rides that I just simply... I don't know. I just really enjoy it. And it's not something that I have the ability to do, you know, anywhere else. And, and, and Disney does such a wonderful job with that. I think, I think the thing that I enjoy about it the most too, is the storytelling, the, you know, the different, the, the different way that they look at it is, is really unique and really fun. So definitely enjoy that as well. And then we ended our evening over at magic kingdom. And the reason why we did that is because we had be our guest, uh, reservations for the evening so listen park hop having park hopping back has allowed jennifer and i to really run around and enjoy so much of what disney really has to offer and you know for me i think what what really continues to harness our love for it is you know we we love being able to sit down and eat and really just simply talk about our day and, and talk about the things that we did and we were both there, but it's it's funny how we can both have our own sort of perspective on it, and then we can talk about it. And be our guest is is definitely you know one of our favorite spots. The French onion soup lately has been on point, just straight fire, just so good. We had this awesome seat that Beast actually would come up. I think it's every half hour or maybe even every hour. Um, so we got we saw him twice. So maybe it was on, it's on the hour or every forty five minutes or so. The beast comes out, does a little bow, and uh, just thanks everybody for sort of being there. And we had like a front row seat to, to Beast, which was really cool. And I, I just, I can't talk enough about how much I enjoy getting into that building and just seeing the ambiance, seeing all of the, the fantastic details that get put into you know, that particular corner of the Magic Kingdom. It's so, so beautiful. I think I would love to see, you know, Magic Kingdom open up an area for a ride almost similar to The Little Mermaid where, you know, you, you go through a, a certain portions of the story. But I think something like that for Beauty and the Beast would be really nice. I know Belle has, you know, her little uh, area over there where she tells a couple stories, but I do genuinely think that a, a beast and bell, you know, ride would be really well, well received over there. And I think it would be really unique, even if they did something like, you know, once you had dinner or breakfast or lunch over there, you, you got to ride, um, something to, to, to bring you out. I think that would be really cool too. Um, and, and that would just such be, be a, such an interesting way to, you know, sort of take all of that in, uh, in my opinion. So. Now, we had dinner, and it was Thursday night. And for those of you that have been following, uh, you know, my journey with this this life, I I started a news program, and I told I told the team over there early that I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it onto the show. So Mark Valentine and and Dwayne Willie were able to step up and and put together a show in my absence. And then uh, when we got back to the room, I was able to hop in and and talk with uh, with them about the news for the week. And that to me is just so much fun. And if you're not watching the the Diz News Tonight Show that that features myself and Dwayne, I definitely would encourage you to to stop by. I, I got to be honest, I, I'm a little nervous when it comes to the the live stuff. I I resort very heavily on the ability to edit and ensure that the product itself is is coming out soundly and good and everything makes sense. And even now doing doing this particular. Uh, set up and show. I'm, I'm just a little nervous because I haven't done it in so long. I've got everything sort of written out and I'm just trying to make sure that I hit all the good talking points because I want to make sure that I'm keeping everybody interested. But um, definitely check out on Thursday nights at nine after the Bill and Barry. 
um, Airbnb show, you know, come over and hang out with us for a little while. We talk about the news throughout that's been, you know, put out throughout the week. And um, we just try to have a lot of fun over there and most certainly uh, would love to have you. I got to admit, by the end of by the end of that conversation with with Mark and Dwayne and everybody on there, I was tired. <laughs> um, you know, we got to bed. I got to bed probably right around eleven o'clock that evening, and I had been up since two, so I was tired. And what I but I was as as you are when you're in, in Disney World. I was excited to be you know be there. So I was up early trying to. Uh, trying to obtain the, the the rise of the resistance and unfortunately for the first time uh you know since since this became you know the virtual queue for rise of the resistance and uh, you could do it from your room I was unable we my, Jennifer and I were not able to get the the, the nine the 7 a.m uh, virtual queue boarding group which we were a little disappointed but we also sort of looked at it like all right well, We've been on it every time that we've had the opportunity to to be on. So, you know, we'll try again at one o'clock because we had um, John and Kathy with us and we just simply wanted to try to, to get them on there as well. But, you know, in the meantime, we, we went over and we enjoyed uh, Smuggler's Run. We enjoyed the Slinky Dog Dash, which I've got to say, and I, I'm sure I've said this before many times, but Slinky Dog Dash is Probably, in my opinion, one of the most underrated roller coasters. I think a lot of people look at it and think, oh, man, that looks really kiddy. It doesn't really look like something that I would enjoy. It doesn't necessarily have the the, the high you know thrills. But it is fast. It is smooth. And it is a lot of fun. Uh, they've got some really cool artwork and details in there that really set it apart from a lot of the other rides in my opinion. And I, I would even dare to say that this between seven dwarf mine train, which I feel is similar. It's not the same, but it's very similar. I would say that, you know, the slinky dog dash is even better than that. And I think that may stir the pot for a few of you, but slinky dog dash, in my opinion is, 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 is well up there in terms of, you know, thrill ride attractions. Um, we also did something that we hadn't done in a while. We, we walked through, um, Walt's sort of uh, dream area where, you know, we, we got to see all of how the animations came to life, how, you know, Walt Disney came up with these brilliant ideas. And, and I, I, I always like walking through there, if nothing else, for just a little AC. But it, it's really neat within that area of the park and, and certainly within that building. And I definitely would encourage all of you who are either new to the park or you know, just simply trying to find something new to appreciate. This isn't a great opportunity to sort of do that. I, I sometimes think that Walt Disney himself sort of gets overlooked um, and, and, and not even necessarily all the time, but I do think the, the, the complete overview of just some of the things that this man was able to create is, is very impressive and definitely something that everyone should take even just a few minutes just to appreciate. Uh, and I gotta, I gotta say the next, the next thing is, um, that we did is the Mickey and Minnie, Minnie's Runaway Railway. And once again, this, this ride is slowly becoming one of my favorites. I, I, again, just love the imagery in here. I love the artwork, the, the way that you sort of transport the moment that you walk into this building is really cool. You know, you sort of walk through this like animated broken you know wall and as soon as you do that it just sort of feels like you've been transported away and into something that is completely different and i think for the lovers of the great movie ride which i was one of them i absolutely adored the great movie ride and i do think as i'm as i'm sort of thinking about it i do think that the great movie ride could have been could have stayed i think it could have just been remodeled and redone with more up-to-date movies i think that one of its biggest biggest problems was often you would walk you would you would see movies or you would hear you know you would look at these movies and not everyone knew what or who or or why they existed and if they had updated it to maybe some more ips or, or something along those lines it could have been a little bit more fun and that to me would have been a really interesting story to try to create and 
it is what it is. <laughs> I, I can't, uh, I can't turn it back time now and, and, and try to tell someone this, but, uh, Mickey and Minnie's is definitely becoming slowly one of my favorites. I, I enjoy it every time I've gotten on. Um, I think there's some, some, some people out there who would say that the, the perceived drop that they put in within this, uh, you know, attraction is a little, a little less than what they would like. They'd probably prefer a real drop, but for me, I, I love it. You know, I love, I love the the feeling that we're we're dropping. I love that they're able to create that, and I think it's so very very impressive. Uh, also, you know, I gotta admit, I I stayed true to form, and I did not get on rock and roller coaster. I did have some uh, some what do they call it? Uh, peer pressure from uh, from John and and Kathy to to get on there, but I I just couldn't do it. I don't know what it is. You can call me a big wussy, but uh, that's just simply what happened. I, I just couldn't do it, and and it is what it is. But what was also really neat about that was once uh, Jen and, and Kathy and John got off, we were able to meet up briefly with Alicia from Alicia's Closet, and she, we we got to hang out with her on our previous trip, and and I can't say enough about how kind and nice and just genuine that that woman is. She. Every time we've seen her, she's she's got a big smile on her face under underneath her mask, and you can definitely tell. And it, it was just really a blast to to sort of just hang out with her again briefly and and say hello. I know she's got a lot going on in terms of uh, her personal life with work and all those other things. So, but it was really just nice to see her, even for just a moment. After that, we headed over to uh, Animal Kingdom, and. I was really excited about this because I have been interacting with and, and, and gotten to know uh, two gentlemen from the United We Fan podcast, uh, one of which is Mark Adams, who actually uh, is a cast member, works over at uh, the, the Navi River Adventure, and it was really, really cool. We had been sort of messaging back and forth, and he said that he was working, and um, when when we got there, he was there, and you know, we were able to, to take a photo and, and, and say hello with one another. And I think what's really cool, and I, I hate to be the person who continues to talk about this, but one thing that's been absolutely beyond cool about this, this, po this podcast and this platform and this medium is my ability to meet new, new people. And Mark is, is one of those people. He was exceptionally kind, so nice to us. Um, and it was just really cool. Like I, I went over and just really wanted to meet the guy. We had been talking and interacting with one another, and it was cool to to sort of meet up and 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 uh, and have that moment because I think it's one thing to talk online and 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 sort of have that relationship. It's a whole nother to to meet face to face and be able to do that. And it really was super super cool. So I appreciate Mark everything that you did, and I appreciate even more your friendship. It was really cool to be able to sit down and, and not sit down, but just, <laughs> just get over there and, and say hello to you. That was really a, a highlight for sure. Uh, Animal Kingdom, I, I, I got to be honest, I don't know that there's many people who can go to the Animal Kingdom without wanting to get on Flight of Passage and we were able to get on and it is such a beautiful ride. It's a little bit more intense than, than Soren for sure and I'd even... I'd even be one to say that for me, I still prefer soaring over Flight of Passage. And I've probably said things that contradict that in previous uh, podcasts and previous episodes. But this this past trip, I think, really solidified it for me. I, I just genuinely love soaring over at Epcot. And Flight of Passage is really good. You've just got to be in a particular mood for, for Flight of Passage, I think, if... And maybe that's just me. I'm just not this high-flying attraction guy. Um, I enjoy a lot of the attractions, but sometimes I just want to relax and just want to, like, lay low. And I think for me, Soren really is my is my go-to for that. But Flight of Passage is beautiful. The, the sights, the sounds, the smells. And I think the other thing, too, is I just never really got into the movie. And I'm sure there are people who are going to say, oh, the movie was great. And there's also people who I know will say the movie was really strange. But um, I think I think that's also just part of the reason why it, it doesn't necessarily stand out as the best. Um, but it's certainly it's certainly up there for sure. Uh, there's the famous bell. I wondered when that was going to happen. Um, 
Also, you know, the other high flying flying attraction over at uh, Animal Kingdom is Mount Everest. And I think in terms of roller coaster, for me, this is this is the absolute favorite. This is the the, num- the numero uno, the number one. Um, it really is a great, great story. And I think the thing that continues to, you know, make me enjoy it is without a doubt the queue. The queue within this really sets up the story and and just it it makes you wholeheartedly believe that there is a yeti on the top of Mount Everest and you know people try to go find it all the time and and many are unsuccessful as we know. So very very interesting and always great to spend time over at Animal Kingdom. Uh that that evening we went over to Epcot and we had dinner at what is becoming and I think is my favorite place to go get dinner now and that is Teppan Ito and I would have told you before that France is the the number one but right now lately Teppan Ito has been absolutely phenomenal uh, we've gone there the past two trips hey you know why don't before we get into this next seven let's take a quick break let's go get something to eat Let's wash our hands, and we'll see you real soon. Wolfpack, a picture is truly worth a thousand words. And one thing we talk a lot about on this show is making sure you remember those vacations with the people that you love. So whether you're coming to Florida to visit Disney or even its surrounding areas, Hinson Photography specializes in vacation portraits for everyone. This is a wonderful souvenir that you and the ones you love will absolutely never forget. Visit Hinson Photography, so that's H-I-N-S-O-N, photography.com, or call 386-478-8099 to learn more about booking vacation portraits with Hinson Photography. Again, that is Hinson, H-I-N-S-O-N, photography.com, or call 386-478-8099 to learn more about the packages that they offer. Hiya, pals. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Wolf of Main Street podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a five-star review. It is a great way to help our podcast grow and find new listeners, and I'd really appreciate it. Have a good day. The Wolf and Wookie, a WDW podcast, is brought to you by Enchanting Escapes by Lori. Lori and her team are there to help you plan your dream vacation. So whether that's Disney, Universal, or any other destination, the Wolfpack can leave the details to them and enjoy the beauty of your destination without the hassle of the planning. Now, I'm sure you're asking yourself, Wolf, why in the world would I want to pay someone to plan my vacation? They're all about giving the tips, the wolf tips. Well, luckily, it is completely free to utilize their services. Having to pay someone more is a complete misconception. Utilizing the master planning of Lori or one of her team members will actually save you money by always price monitoring and applying deals or promotions to your reservation. They are the ones that have to stay on hold for hours so that way you don't have to. Disney actually pays them to take care of your every travel need. And they're also there to deal with any problem that may arise while you're visiting the park. So instead of spending your valuable time at the front desk, you could be in the parks with your family while Lori is on the phone dealing with any problem. Are you interested in a free quote? Head over to EnchantingEscapesByLori.com and let Lori start planning your dream vacation today. Again, that's www.EnchantingEscapesByLori.com. I normally get either the filet or the New York strip and with the noodles and the pasta, not the pasta, I'm sorry, the salad uh, that, that comes along with it. It is just so, so delicious and it's been tough to, to find something that matches it, but I think also what really makes Teppanito a fun experience, definitely without a doubt, is the chef that comes over and takes care of your table. They they make it fun. They make it interactive. They they keep everybody on their toes. And 
and it's funny if you're if you're if when you're there and you're watching the other you know tables get their food the moment that food you know gets sort of put in front of them everyone sort of just shuts up and starts eating and there's the chef still trying to entertain and and keep everybody you know at least somewhat interactive but you can tell they're enjoying the food and if you haven't been to Teppanito, that would probably be the one place that I would highly recommend that you get to the next time that you go because it really is delicious. It really is interactive and fun. And there's also, when you leave there, there's some great opportunities for photos. Um, you know, definitely take, take in, take that all in for what it's worth because it really is beautiful. When I'm in Epcot, I can't necessarily leave there without doing Frozen and Test Track and, and Soren. So definitely got over and did those as well. And when we got back over to our room, uh, we saw something that I haven't seen in, in years now at this point, And that was the Electrical Parade. It was really, uh, I don't know. It, it, it felt a little bland at first, but then I sort of realized all of the different moving parts that come along with the electrical parade and started saying, wow, this is actually really innovative and really cool. And all I started thinking was there's so much that they could probably do with this. I, and I wonder if it will ever get a change up or, you know, a, a, a ramp up. Um, because I do think that there's a lot that they could do with that. It just... And I'm not trying to, to, to bosh it by any stretch. I think that I think that it was really unique. It was really different. And I think it does. It provides an opportunity for someone out there to sort of look at it and say, okay, this is cool. What can we do next? And I feel like maybe no one's done that in a while. And maybe I'm wrong. I, I haven't done any research on the electrical parade to find out, you know, how long it's been in existence, how many changes it's had. But it to me it seems to me like it does have the opportunity to, to, to do just a little bit more or something a little bit different. And I'd be interested to find out, you know, what that, what that is. And, um, maybe I need to put some pen to paper and, and send it somewhere because I, I definitely could think of a few things. So on our last day, uh, we were able to get over to magic kingdom. Um, and I did what I normally don't do. <laughs> and, um, I can thank sort of Mac, Mark Valentine and his family for, uh, for pointing out, uh, this, this little, you know, tip that he gave is to go left, um, start over at the big mountains, start over at big thunder and splash, and then head over to space. And you'll have three of the, the big rides done before, before most people have even made it to the park. And, you know, Jennifer and I, we rope drop just about everything. We're there within minutes of when the rope finally comes down and people are allowed in. And, you know, that was, that was different for us. Cause normally we go, right. We'll go enjoy space mountain and then we'll get on, uh, you know, toy story, um, or, you know, we'll head over to Dumbo or little mermaid or seven dwarves. But this was, this was really a great way to get a lot of the big stuff done in a very short amount of time. So Mark Valentine over at this Diz life, Great tip. We're going to continue to use it as as we continue to go on uh, sort of these quick trips. Um, when we left Magic Kingdom, I had the ability to meet up with uh, the other member of United We Fan, which is Brian Lee. And again, the United We Fan, first of all, the United We Fan podcast, if you're not listening to that, you should be. If you're a fan of pretty much anything, <laughs> you'll, you'll find uh, something to talk about during the podcast with these guys. And um, it's definitely an indicator to me whenever I find myself talking to the podcast or wanting to be on the show, wink, wink, cough, cough, Mark and Brian. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely know that they, they have good content and a good product because, um, you know, I definitely want to get on there and talk about whether it's musical store scores or game of Thrones or the office or whatever, whatever it is that they, they're talking about for a week. If, if they would love to invite me, <coughs> cough, cough, wink, wink, Mark and Brian, uh, I would love to be on the show. So uh, have that be known here. And as always, whenever we go on a trip, I'm pretty sure that Jen finds just about any way that she can to shop. So we definitely got a lot of shopping done while we were there as well. And I think for, for the big wolf tip out of this trip, one big thing that I can say is without a doubt, make sure that you're packing light 
within the parks and when you're when and when you're leaving your home and going to the airport pack light because you're gonna come home with stuff undoubtedly and the reason why i say pack light when you go to the parks is because it does it just weighs you it sort of weighs you down um you know just just ensure that you've maybe got a light bag that that has a, a water bottle in it and then you know keep the rest of that space open so you can you know buy some merchandise because inevitably that's what's going to happen um yeah so overall great trip wonderful wonderful time spending time with uh john and kathy awesome to meet both mark and brian from united we fan podcast and uh spend a little bit more time with alicia and unfortunately jen and i had missed out on the big group meet which uh mark and melissa and uh lori and Dwayne and so many members of the the dislas this dis life community were able to attend and be a part of i we missed it but I was able to at least meet up with a few people while I was down there. And that gave me the opportunity to meet some new friends and new faces, which I really enjoyed and really appreciate. So, but no, great, great trip. I think the weather, you know, I don't think there was a day below 83, which was awesome. Uh, like I said, the only thing I was maybe a little disappointed by was I didn't get to enjoy the pool a little bit, but there's always next time. So, Within this next portion, I just I thought it would be fun uh, to talk about a couple of the things that I did while I was there that maybe just need a little help. And and I don't I'm not trying to say need help as in they need like a complete redesign or they need to be completely overhauled. But I definitely think that that these little areas here need some help. And I'll I'll explain as I go into them why, but I'll also explain what I think could could happen in general because the first one here is dinosaur the ride dinosaur um it just there's moments where <clears throat> i feel as though it's almost too dark and the darkness doesn't give you the opportunity or provide the experience where you really know what you're looking at and i realize that this is sort of your classic dark ride there's there's obviously some aspect of a story here but i just feel like it could be a little bit brighter in, in the room itself to, to sort of give, you know, I can't imagine that on doomsday for, <laughs> for the dinosaurs, it was like nighttime. And I also can't imagine that if it was nighttime and we have this meteor impact, there wasn't at least some type of bright light somewhere providing a little more lighting. Um, and I've talked about dino, the dino land area long enough for everyone to know that I think it needs to be completely kiboshed it needs a overhaul you know everything from you know ducktales to wakanda i'm i'm completely okay with just get rid of this area altogether and think of something else i can't stand dino land it is so disappointing it is underwhelming and just god awful and dare i say that dino dinosaur isn't really that good of a ride i i like it I don't, I don't hate it, but like you, you gotta, you gotta either, here's the thing. If you're going to do something with dinosaurs, you've got to go all in on it. And, and to me, there's so much more that they could do than what they do. It, it, there's just not enough things going on within this area for me to care about it. So redo it, overhaul it and, and, and make it something else. Let's 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 get Joe Rody to to back away from the Animal Kingdom project. Let's get somebody else in there and let's let's figure out what what can happen. Um, the next one, and maybe I've just been listening to James over at Mouse Ears and Magic a little bit too much, but Space Mountain, I I I was like really underwhelmed in this particular trip with with Space Mountain. I know it's one of my wife's favorites. I know it's a, a people's favorite. And I just, I just don't know. It, it just felt, it just, I mean, we all know it knocks your back out. It, it really has some difficult turns and maneuvers that just make it uncomfortable. But I also, I have to admit, I don't know what would, what could or what would help it be better. Other than, you know, redoing the track and, and making it a little bit smoother, 
And when you dive deeper into that, you, you start thinking, okay, well, is the Space Mountain theme outdated? Is it a little old? Is it something that we should continue? Is there anything that could fit better? And I don't know the answer to that, truthfully. Um, but what I can say is I think it needs some help. I think I think uh, Space Mountain is in need of maybe again, maybe it's not a change, but I do think that it's in need of something to revamp it a little bit. I, I mean, it's been the same for, for so long that it is, it's time for, for maybe just something new to rejuvenate it. And I'm not saying that it's, it's bad and I don't want it to come off that way, but it needs, maybe it's Tomorrowland in general. It just needs a, a, a rejuvenation, but, um, and I've heard folks say that as well, but yeah, it was it was bad. And and I'm I'm about to hurt maybe a lot of feelings with this next one, which is the haunted mansion. I I, I wish and and maybe this maybe this is just me, but I wish it was just a little bit lighter in there. And I feel like before, maybe a few years ago now, it was just a little bit lighter in there where you could really identify, you know, all the things that are going on. And the thing that I love about the haunted mansion is every time that I go in there, I feel like I see something new. I feel like I see something different. I feel like, you know, there's there's some new, whether it's a, a piece of artwork or a piece of, um, you know, prop that I feel like I've never seen before. And I've probably seen it 800 times, but I just simply, you know, feel like I'm seeing it for the first time. But I do feel as though the Haunted Mansion could use a little bit more light. And I get it's supposed to be a Haunted Mansion and that when something's haunted, there's more of a dark essence to it, but I, I just feel like there could be elements that are giving the ability to just see just a little bit more of the detail in the work that went into this beautiful attraction. So I'm not trying to say this one needs an overhaul by any stretch, but this one definitely needs some help in terms of lighting. I think, again, I think there's things that they could do to make it just a little bit more bright in there. And whether that's, you know, the, the bat eyes that you see at one point, you know, make them a little bit brighter or make put put more of them in there because there's there's certain elements that just seem empty and, and dark and there's nothing really going on. And while I think that there are portions of the ride that call for that, I do believe that there are portions that need something other than sort of the dead space that you're seeing. My next one is Alien Swirling Saucers. Folks, I don't know why this ride is still, still, you know, around, to be honest. I I just don't really see the, the, the space being utilized for properly. I feel like there could be something else done here. Um, you know, it just, to me, it sort of feels like, and, and people are gonna probably going to not like this, but... To me, swirl, Alien Swirling Saucers feels like the train ride they put in malls for the kids because they they have space that they need to utilize for rent. And I, it just it, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, and again, I feel like they could do something else with this area. And I don't, again, I don't know what that is without really thinking about thinking it through. And I won't bore you with the thoughts that are going on in my own head right now. I'll get through this and, and we'll move on. But yeah, Alien Swirling Saucers. It needs some help, and I just don't care for it. <laughs> um, I'm going to stay in uh, in Hollywood Studios, and I'm going to talk about um, Indiana Jones. There's, there's another area that I just, you know, unfortunately it's not being utilized right now. I get that. But even before that, it didn't necessarily scream to me an area that, you know, was being utilized for what Hollywood studios is truly capable of. Now, if you wanted to sort of overhaul that area and put in a, a big studio and show off, you know, like behind the scenes, that would be cool. And what I'm talking about is, is pick, pick a show within your ABC lineup and show us some of the sets and show us where the cameras would be set up. And, um, you know, utilize it from that standpoint and if you want to make it like a show you know throw in some characters that are acting and, and throw in a director who is who's trying you know make it fun that way 
So that way people could get a idea of how the sets work, how the camera works. And I think, you know, that would be really visionary and it would also be a cool opportunity for kids to find out if, you know, working behind a camera is something that interests them. Because I think so frequently you have kids and you have even people like myself who think, oh, wow, it would be so cool to, to work in front of a camera. It would be so neat to experience Hollywood and be, you know, on that. And then it, there's not a whole lot of um, information out there on how to work behind the scenes and what some of the writers have to do and what some of the editors have to do. And that that may be a really cool opportunity to show off and showcase you know, just how many moving parts are a part of some of the things that we really enjoy and really love. So uh, Indiana Jones, listen, uh, I can appreciate what it's there for. I can appreciate, you know, the show itself and appreciate the cast members who work there. But I find it really difficult to think that it if we set it up as a movie or a, a, a studio, some type of studio set, you know, because we're in Hollywood studios, I think it would be really cool, like I said, to change that into the ability to see a show about how, you know, behind the scenes, there's so much else going on, too. All right. My last one is uh, something that I've been thinking about for a little while now, and that is Figment Journey into Imagination. Again, this is another ride that I've spoken very highly about. I really enjoy the ride. I really love the character Figment. I love the story. But... This is something that, you know, could could really use an overhaul. I think that they could do a lot within this. Um, the, the one that immediately comes to mind, especially if we're trying to utilize our senses, is uh, doing something with Inside Out. You know, so have a have an area of the park, of the, the attraction be anger. Have an area of the be joy. Um, I think that there's a lot that could be done with, with this particular attraction. And what, what really interests me about that is it it sort of brings in a whole new you know aspect of of epcot i mean you've got frozen over there uh in norway and you could in in theory have inside out also be a part of of this you know and i think when you think about epcot and imagination and you think about those things your senses are are a big big part of that and inside out would probably be a great fit so i again these are my thoughts. I'm, I'm just trying to put them to paper and, and put them into to proper words so that way they make sense. But I I hope that everyone sort of enjoyed this episode. I, I haven't done one of these in a long time. And I'll be honest, they're hard. They're, it's, it's hard, but it's also hard to, to find a, a guest every week that, that has the time to hang out and, to, and chat. But I wanted to do this as sort of a testament to, to just show myself that I still could do it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I want everyone to know how much I appreciate them. Uh, I've got, I've, I've gotten a lot of messages lately, uh, stating their support for me and, uh, telling me that they're in my corner and, and, and I, I really appreciate that to all the listeners out there. You mean the world to me. I really, I can't thank you enough and most certainly hope and appreciate, um, all the support that you've given over the last year. So that brings me to my final point here. I am uh, three days away from the one year anniversary of the podcast that I started. And I got to say, it's, it's pretty incredible that we're here. I didn't really know what to expect when I started this. I was certainly nervous and certainly scared is not the right word, but I certainly had moments of fear and doubt and just really wasn't sure what this would become or, or, you know, what it would be about going forward. And I sort of feel at times that it's the same way. I'm really not sure where this will continue to take me, but I, I can say this, you know, these past few weeks, I've had a lot of fun doing this again. And for a little while, it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. And these past few weeks have been a lot of fun. And I'd like to you know, maybe just take a moment to to thank the people throughout the course of the last few weeks that have come on and been on the show from John and Kathy to Brian Ferguson, who really looking forward, Brian, to uh, to, to talking about our, our fight night card that we put together. Um, Sean over at 
uh, Walt's apartment podcast and his whole team. Um, you know, just just support from all different angles, and it really it really says a lot, and I really appreciate it. Uh, lastly, let's see what else can we talk about before uh, before we close out the show. I don't think that there's too much else. Uh, next week, join us. We're going to be sitting down with uh, Chris Alardi. He uh, started a wonderful project uh, called Doing Doing Disney Differently or Disney Done Differently. Excuse me. And I'm really excited to be sitting down with him. He's a great person. Um, been been super kind to me and 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 in the show and just really excited to sit down with him. We're going to be recording that in a little bit and it'll be a lot of fun, but Wolfpack again, thank you so much for one year. We're going to do something special. I think next week to, to sort of, uh, commemorate that and, and, and talk about that a little bit more, but, uh, or, or sometime next week. Next week we're gonna on Tuesday we're gonna have Chris, so maybe we'll have a special Saturday episode either this week or next week to to talk about the one year anniversary of uh, of this show and uh, and we'll see. It may be quick, may just be a thank you, but I would like to do something to to sort of talk about that for sure. So, Wolfpack, as always, I really hope that you'll remain kind. I hope that uh, you've been washing your hands. It does seem as though <laughs> we're we're on the right track. It does appear as though, you know, life will maybe get a little bit easier in the next few months. And all that I'll all that I'll say about that is continue to be vigilant, continue to wash your hands, continue to practice, you know, social distancing when possible. And do your best to to get those that you love and care about and your elderly and, and those, you know, that that work closely with people in to get their their shot. It's so important to not only you, but to the people that you love to, to get them this vaccination. I think it's super, super important and, and make sure you follow all the proper procedures and protocols that your doctor, you know, prescribes and talks about and tells you to do. Um, it's important to listen to our, our professionals right now. And, and it, that will remain true going forward, but it's especially true now. And it's been true for the last year. So as always be kind, wash your hands and we will see you real soon.